Leadership isn't for the faint of heart. It's dirty, dangerous, difficult, and disruptive. It will test everything about who you are. Unfortunately, as a leader, you're out front, which means you usually only get about 43 feet of good road built for those following behind you while you're running the race yourself. Welcome to the 43 Feet Podcast, where each week you'll hear from some of the greatest leaders we can find both in F3 and beyond. If you're going to lead, you'll need to be ready for the difficult challenges, for what lies ahead in the unknown, for what's lurking in the next 43 feet. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the 43 feet. Yes, I know we've had a couple of weeks off uh, and I know that everyone's been very, very sad, but wipe your wipe your tears uh, because we're back on. And uh, I've got a fantastic guest today. I'm super excited. Uh, but before we get to that, just a couple of quick things. Uh, first off, uh, there is a there's what I'm calling the 11 year celebration of F3 is coming up uh, in Jacksonville, Florida in April. So we're about 33 days away as of the recording of this podcast. And um, it's a it's a big partnership. Uh, Rogue Fitness, uh, uh, Ruck F3. Um, all of us are going to be down there. Uh, the Travis Mannion Foundation, just a ton of trainers and fitness gurus and and enthusiasts and uh, geniuses and whatever else you want to <laughs> you want to call them. We're all going to be down there. There's going to be uh, kind of TED like speaking uh, happening. It's going to be huge. Uh, physical events. There's the Go Ruck Games. The first ever Go Ruck Games are going to be taking place down there. Um, we're going to have a ton of F3 guys. Uh, my hope is, anyway, that we're going to have a ton of F3 guys. In fact, to that end, uh, I have made the commitment, and it is out there. It is public. If we can get a 1,000 F3 registrations, I will shave my head live on Facebook. I'm not lying. I have invested in hats, and I will be wearing them for the year that it will take to grow uh, my beautiful hair back. So uh, my encouragement to you guys is to get online, go to sandlotjax.com, that's sandlotjax.com, and uh, and register. There are F3 codes, you can find those in Slack, um, and if you want, you can always contact me or your sector queue uh, and get those from them, and uh, and then you can register and make yourself available and get down there. It's, it's three days, it's going to be a huge party, there's going to be, uh, they're running the Go Ruck Nasty, which is amazing. Um, it's a huge uh, uh, Savage Races down there uh, as one of the other main partners that they're going to be setting up an obstacle course. We're going to run the obstacle course. Uh, I think rocks on. And then we're going to, you know, do, I think it's a couple mile loop, come back, run the obstacle course again, and you get yourself a really uh, kick ass looking uh, Sandlot uh, Go Ruck Nasty patch. It's the second time they run the Nasty. And we're going to go and do it. We're going to go and flood the zone. Uh, Jason McCarthy, CEO of Go Ruck, said, man, I just want the black shirts there. <laughs> That's how he refers to us. So we're the black shirts. So we're going to show up in our black shirts and uh, and make some amazing things happen. Uh, so that's my only real big announcement uh, for today. Other than that, obviously, we kind of jokingly uh, always say at the end of our workouts, uh, read your newsletter. And uh, so you can always catch the nation's newsletter. Um, and if you have not signed up for the nation's newsletter, just go to f3nation.com. And uh, there should be a pop-up that happens, and you can sign up and get that in your inbox. Uh, Italian Job and Hello Kitty are doing fantastic work uh, bringing you news of the nation. Now then, uh, on to the substantive portion of why we are here. I am joined today by a guy, total, uh, it's crazy how we accidentally sort of bumped into each other. Um, But his name is Brad Ritter. 
Uh, I'm going to let him tell his full story, but he is the the founder of School of Grit. And um, we all know that there's no no shortage of need uh, in terms of grit. Uh, and and durability and stuff in our world today, um, Brad and I think now you're going to correct me on this, Brad, but I think we our mutual uh, acquaintance slash friend Larry Hagner, Dad Edge uh, guy, said something about I want to get an F3 guy on. You knew an F3 guy because he was a coaching client of yours. Somehow that connected over to me, and then he and I connected. Anyway, it, does that it was some crazy mess like that, right? That's it. You got it. You nailed it. <laughs> Just so foolish. Comes around full circle, doesn't it? Uh, that's amazing. So, uh, so Brad, here you are. Uh, tell us a little about yourself. Tell tell us, I guess, uh, first of all, who is Brad Ritter? Yeah, and thanks for having me on, Frank. I've been looking forward to this because I know we've got similar missions, man. So, yeah, I'm stoked. Um, yeah, yeah, awesome. Uh, so, Brad Ritter, I'm 42. I hail from the wonderful state of Indiana, born and raised. Awesome family. I've been married almost 17 years to my wife Leslie. We have uh, just an awesome, awesome, amazing relationship. And two wonderful, healthy kids. I have Hallie, who's 11. She's my daughter. And then my son, Brody, who's eight. And, um, dude, at the end of the day, family is it for me. Family is number one. It's one of my top principles that I that I live my life by. And um, outside of that, man, I, I hold down. I have a kind of like that nine-to-five deal during the day. But then by by night, I'm uh, now a published author, which is amazing to say. That's been a a journey, and I'm sure we'll dig into that and and coach and all that good stuff, man. So I wear a lot of hats. Wear a lot of hats. Yeah. So so just to to get it out of the way, because guys are going to ask, what's your 9 to 5? Yeah. So I work for a company called Terso Companies. It's a small, specialty print company, man. We do awesome, awesome work. So our niche is really medical device, pharma, and pressure-sensitive labels, IFUs. That sort of thing. Flexible packaging too for uh, sports and nutrition oh, okay. as well. If it's sure. if it's kind of narrow stuff, but a lot of a lot of fun. I actually get to work with my dad. Believe it or not, man, which is so cool. My dad's like, I'm lucky, right? I had a really good childhood, which we'll get in, we'll get into, which is why I developed school grit. But <laughs> like, he was a mentor to me, and still is. And I just I had the opportunity to go work with him, and he's been in the industry for like 45 years. So he's going to retire this year, and that's the goal is to to take over for him. So. That is awesome. I mean, uh, the irony there being uh, that we met, um, you know, through uh, Larry, who had a horrifying uh, childhood, <laughs> terrible father. Nothing figure. like mine. <laughs> <laughs> and here you are. Uh, you're like, I have a great dad, which is awesome. That is very cool. So, so that's Mammon. So, there's kind of two things here that I want to sort of uh, pop off uh, and and get guys uh, kind of get in their heads. Number one is uh, you are following your passion, following your dream, but it's a side hustle, right? And guys a lot of times think that, well, I've got to either just be all in or all out. So tell me about it first, before we kind of get to what School of Grit is and all that kind of stuff, hit these guys with a little bit of what the value of the side hustle is. Yeah, it's it's great. And, you know, you can burn the boats. I, I dig that mentality. I get it. But you got to also take stock of your relationship. So if, if I was fresh out of college, not married, didn't have kids, absolutely, right? What do I have to – big deal, right? If I fail, no big deal. It's all on me. Man, when you start getting a mortgage and you got mouths to feed, that's a much <laughs> bigger deal, much bigger right? deal. So I don't see a reason, especially nowadays, where you know, depending on what your job is, because obviously not all jobs – I work from home, too. That's another benefit. Mm-hmm. So I work out of my house. It allows me bandwidth. 
But if you can get that job done um, quicker than than the normal like nine to five or whatever, right. then do something with that extra time. Don't just sit around the couch watching TV or, or, or whatever. Take advantage of that and really try to figure out what you were put on this earth to do and start taking little steps towards that. That's all it is. Little, little steps, man. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I mean, that, that, that's the, uh, I think that's one of the things that gets our guys, well, men in general, just kind of tripped up a little bit is, is we find ourselves dissatisfied with work and we think, oh, this means I must have a dissatisfying life and couldn't, couldn't be further from the truth. Your work is not that important. I mean, it's important because, and you don't want to rob your employer, obviously, you know, and so you want to do all the things that you, you need to do, but, um, you know, to have something that doesn't necessarily couple up with your nine to five, but that's where you found your purpose and that's where you find your drive. I mean, that's, it's amazing how much better your nine to five goes when you've got that on the side feeding you uh, as well. Yeah. That cup's, that cup's being filled, right. And it's being yeah. filled by something different, but to your point, it, it makes you better. It makes you a better employee. Right. Yeah, no doubt. So you decided, Hey, I've been, I've been working my butt off in the specialty printing business. It's been fantastic. I get to work with my dad. Who's awesome, but there's something inside me. There's something in there that I just not feeling it. I'm not feeling fully fulfilled or there's something that's rattling around. You're like, man, this is a problem needs fixing. How did you get from flexographic, amazing printing to here? Oh, use the big word flexographic. Do you like that? Do you like that? Exactly what we do. Yeah. yeah. Boom. (laughs) I can read. I don't know what it means, but I read it. But I might have read it, right? (laughs) So full disclosure, I I literally left. I had a prior career. I was in uh, the publishing industry for uh, over a decade, higher ed publishing. So I worked for one of the big three publishers. And so uh, the specialty print company I've only been with since January. But that moment you talk about was when I was in uh, publishing, right? And I'll never forget it. I had one of those days. uh, It started out just like a normal day. It was nothing earth shattering. You know, no, no catastrophe happened. No, you know, big dose of adversity hit me. But what hit me were those questions that we oftentimes wrestle with at one point or another throughout our life. And, mm-hmm. and traditionally, I just kind of skirt those off as, as nothing. But those questions were, um, you know, who am I? What am I here to do? You know, what's my passion? I had no clue. No clue. And, you know, I, I went to college. I, I, I Let me even back up. So... You were talking about Larry and I having different backgrounds, and um, Larry had a terrible upbringing. Terrible. I had a awesome upbringing, man. Came from a loving family. My parents are still married. I'm the oldest of four. You know, we weren't rich, but we definitely weren't poor. We weren't poor, so we didn't have to struggle to have a roof over our head or, uh, you know, provide for. I didn't have to worry about eating. You know, I, I just I didn't have to deal with a whole lot of that true adversity growing up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm thankful for that. I am thankful for that. But you also miss out. I'm, I'm just such a believer that that's where you really find yourself is when you get hit with, with adversity. So fast forward, I was 35. I'm 42 now, but I was 35. I was getting myself ready for work. And uh, my wife went to school. She's a teacher. She's awesome. Awesome at what she does, man. I couldn't, I couldn't do it teaching the little ones. Amen. Um, such patience, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kids went off the uh, bus, so I'm alone. I'm getting ready. I'm shaving. I'm looking at my master, uh, master uh, mirror, my master bath, and I'll never forget it. Just these these questions popped up. Just man, kind of out of nowhere. Whether it was God or, you know, whatever you believe in, right? But 
I said, you know, I'm going to listen to this voice and see where it takes me. For once, I'm going to do that. Instead of just brushing it off, shaving, and going to work, right? Like I normally would do. Mm-hmm. So I called in, actually called in sick to work that day, if you can believe that. And You were mentally sick. Mentally emotionally sick. sick. Emotionally yeah, sick. That- <laughs> I said, I need to take a mental day yeah. and, and give this some, some due justice. So I did what most people do. I went to the good old interwebs, got online, right. and, and I searched passion, right? I Googled it, and there was like 27 bajillion hits, and I'm you know, spending hours just reading through all these different blogs, websites, and you know what happened? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing happened, man. I had, <laughs> I had analysis paralysis, dude, just from, uh, okay. from looking at yeah. it, and, and I'm thinking, man, this is going nowhere. This is going nowhere quick. So I thought, you know, I like video. Let me, well, maybe we'll go to video, right? So I went to YouTube and I typed in passion and purpose. And this time in the top 10, um, a TED Talk appeared. And I love TED Talks. Mm-hmm. I don't know about Same. you. No, I, I love- I, so have you ever seen a TED Talk that changed your life? Uh, I, I mean, I'd like to think that some of influence, but I, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not that has like totally shattered my paradigm, right? So this one totally shattered me. This one changed my life. And it's given by a psychologist. Her name's Angela Duckworth. And she wrote a book called Grit. Have you seen her five minute TED talk? I don't, I've read the book, but I don't even know if I've seen the talk. Man, it's phenomenal. Well, you've read the book, so you know, you know the premise, right? So she, she delivers awesome TED talk. It had millions of hits. And she goes on to say that basically grit is like the biggest indicator of success in life. And she gave all these studies that back it up. West Point graduates, you know, hardcore uh, sales companies, mm-hmm. uh, inner city teachers, you name it. Yeah, it's kind of that it doesn't really matter where you started, right? It doesn't matter what you, what you're even endeavoring to do or how much talent you think you do or don't have with regard to that, right? That that seemed to be the one factor, wasn't it? Exactly. And it can be grown. Like that, that was the, that was the interesting thing. It can be grown. So she gave yeah. this test that you could you could take this test. It's called the grit scale. You can still go to it. If you look at Angela Duckworth <laughs> grit scale, you could do it right now. It's 10 questions. You could probably do it during this interview if you wanted to. And it rates you on a score of zero to five and five, five being like super gritty. And I scored a 2.2. Two. I thought, <laughs> You're like, like oh. I, I thought I got hit in the gut. Like I thought I was, I thought I was tough. You know, uh-huh. I'm mentally tough. You're so I started digging in. I bought her book. I read it cover to cover as, as, as you've read it, you know, what's in there. Mm-hmm. And I said, this is it. I'm, I'm on to something. Like, I, I think my, I think I've been too soft. I think I've been too comfortable my whole life. I've never gone af- to the extreme and really test my character and, you know, this, that, and the other. Wow. You can kind of see okay. where I'm going with this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, interesting that you kind of, I mean, like, I think usually people would, some people would read something like that and, they, you know, a couple different things might happen. They'll look and they'll go, man, so-and-so should read this. Right. <laughs> you know, that's that's one reaction. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or the other the other reaction, I think, sometimes is they look and go, well, that sounds good. But. So I think, first of all, commendable, right, that you look and you went, holy crap, I'm soft because no one wants to believe that about themselves. Right. They don't want to be like, no, yeah, as it turns out, I'm, I'm just kind of a wuss. Right. You know, whatever. Right. It's a so tough pill to good swallow. You. That's pretty and, awesome. Um, you know what? If, if you you know it, you look at yourself in the mirror, you can you can answer that question. Because grit can't really, I mean, yeah, you can sort of measure it, but it's kind of one of those, uh, do you have it? Do you not? There's lots of different mm-hmm. definitions of it. It's just kind of kind of out there, right? Yeah. But I thought she was on to something, man. I, I knew she was, so she had me. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, and again, to your point, like we, 
a lot of people define it different ways, but her, I think if it was a while ago that I read the book, but it was kind of more of kind of that stick to itiveness. It was kind of that unwillingness to yield uh, in the face of adversity. Exactly. She said it's, uh, I think it's passion and perseverance for a long term goal. That was like mm-hmm. her definition of it. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, so you look at yourself and you're like, I'm a 2.2. I'm a 2.2. Oh, crap. And, now what? Yeah, exactly. And, and it was right because traditionally up until that point, if I'd work on things that took a long time, I would probably quit halfway through and go on to the next shiny thing or the next object mm-hmm. or the next project. I mean, look around my house. There's a million projects. that <laughs> You know what I mean? That's just how sure, I am. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I said, all right, um, she's on to something. And as you can probably remember, she said you can grow your grit two ways from the inside out and from the outside in. And I said, mm-hmm. you know what? I want I want that adversity. I need it. So I'm going to grow it from the outside in. I want to yeah. have an experience, right? I want yeah, something thinking, that's going to transform me. Something to, to, to kind of knock you out of your, your soft little marshmallow world. Something that's going to push you beyond every measure. And yeah. you're going to find what you're looking for, which is yourself. Your true character will be revealed. And you don't know what it's going to be. You think it's going to be a, like Monday morning quarterback. Like it's always easy to go back through game film and be like, yeah, I should have done that. I should have done that. <laughs> right. Right. It's a different story. Yeah. Yeah. Totally yeah. different story. All right. So you say to yourself, I must have an experience. And so you thought, well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll run a mile and that would be difficult. Yeah. <laughs> and that way now it's solve it. You, you know what? Funny enough, I did um I did a Spartan race, which was awesome and loved it, but still like something was still kind of missing, right? So I went back to my friend YouTube, right? It worked for me back then. I thought, well, it'd work for me now. And you know what I typed in? World's toughest civilian training. Oh my. World's okay. toughest civilian okay. training. Okay. I'm I'm super interested to hear what it said. Clearly it was an F three workout. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Absolutely, it was an F3 workout. Actually, no, it definitely was not, but... <laughs> could be, could be. Could, yeah, it depends on who's queuing that there. Right? Absolutely. So I type that in, and up pops something called Kokoro Camp. And I'm like, Kokoro Camp? What? What is this? What does that even mean? Well, yeah. Kokoro Camp is a camp put on by former Navy SEAL commander Mark Devine. He runs uh, a company called SealFit, a company called uh, uh, Unbeatable Mind. Yeah, you've heard yeah. of SealFit. Oh, I think, I think I've heard of Unbeatable Mind, too. Yep. So Kokoro Camp, if you know anything about Navy SEAL, BUDS training, they have something mm-hmm. called Hell Week, which is a week long. Yes. You know, Familiar only by reading about it, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, likewise here. Like, I don't, I have zero desire to, uh, <laughs> to do that. Well, for one, I'm way Terrible. too old, but for two, like, that's a whole nother level. Right. Um. So he, he designed Kokoro Camp to be based on Hell Week. And it's 50 hours, 50 hours straight, zero sleep, minimal food. But it's designed to push you beyond your limits men, uh, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, Navy, professional Navy SEAL cadre there. I mean, awesome. And I, I saw this video. He's talking to – I remember it like it was yesterday, man. And I can recite yeah. it word for word. He's looking at his uh, class. They're, uh, they're on what they call the grinder which is where they're going to grind your character down, which is basically cement where you're just going to do hours and hours of calisthenics, getting hosed down and yelled at and all that fun stuff, right? Shark Tech. And he's looking at the classes right before they kick off. And he says, rejoice in adversity. Rejoice mm. in adversity. How do we grow as human beings? It's through adversity. 
Warriors seek out the severest of schools in order to test their will and prove their character. Welcome to the severest of schools. And my hair, the hair rose on my arm, dude. I had goosebumps, and I was like, I still have them. I was like, holy. I know. I was like, I was saying the same thing. I just hit him myself, man. It's like, there this it is, is it, man. This, this, this is it. I don't think you can get much tougher than that, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find myself out there. So, yeah. um, so I signed up, man. That, that, uh, that's what got me going. Wow. That's what got me going. Did All from a train? TED Talk. Oh, yeah, dude. Did I train? Absolutely. So okay. to go to this camp, excuse me while I drink some water. There's a... There's a there's a minimum standard you have to pass just to make okay. it, just like, to be like able to show test. up fitness test, and it's it's based on um, the Navy SEAL fitness test. So it's two minutes, as many push-ups as you can do, followed yeah. by a two-minute um, wait or two-minute rest, and then two minutes of sit-ups, rest for two minutes, two minutes of squats, max pull-ups, and then a timed oh, wow. run. And you have to get. 50 in each one of those categories except the pull-ups were 10 10 strict pull-ups 10 strict pull that's that's 10 strict pull-ups is not easy it's not easy it's not easy and then you had to run um i think it was like a nine minute mile in pants and boots but those were okay. just those were just the standard right you really want to be more like yeah that's the, yeah that's the minimum you want to be optimal yeah um so that i knew what i was working towards and and i signed up i signed up and uh they had a wonderful training program still exists if you if you look up seal fit and go to their operator wads operator wads are meant for people who are looking to get into special forces or are in special forces they're gnarly they're like two to two and a half hour workouts and i i was doing three to four of those a week a week man whether it was all together or split up you know so yeah i I dedicated six months to just preparing my body for that beat down because i knew it was coming Wow. Yep. What a, I mean, that is a nightmare. Okay. So when was, how, how much time you decided to do this thing? How much time did you, did you was in between and then, and then tell us about going. Yeah. So I decided to go, I actually officially punched my ticket, um, in January. And so, you know, there's, there's something that happens there too, right? With, with uh-huh. whatever you choose, whether it's a race, you name it psychologically when you give the money you fill out the app and you put it on the calendar you're like cool countdown begins countdown begins right this is real like it, that date's yeah. coming whether i'm ready for it or not <laughs> and so i can either not go like a giant wimp or i better be ready and that happens man that happens we actually had oh, five sure. people that paid and didn't show up now maybe yeah. they were hurt i don't know Ooh, that, no, no, that definitely right? happens yeah, so I punched the ticket in January, and I went in July. So I had six months, six months that I could just oh, wow. okay. kind of dedicate my life, sort of put a lot of other stuff on hold because I knew this was this was coming, and I was literally putting everything I had into it because mm-hmm. I just – I had this feeling, man, something was going to happen there. Something was going to happen, and yeah. I, I, ha- I had to do it. And it was it's hard to art- like, it's, it's hard to right, articulate sir. that. Sorry, it's hard to yeah. articulate that sometimes to people. But I think we've all had those moments that it it just calls at you, right? Yeah. And, and it's like I mean, it's up to you, right? You can choose to go that path or just dismiss it. And I, I said, no, I'm I'm gonna go. I can't really articulate why I want to go. Yeah, uh, to just someone else, but I just I just know it. Yeah, something's just calling. Yeah, me. that's crazy. So, uh, you know, it's funny you say that, but it's um. I say this to guys about marriage and they don't like to hear it. 
but I think it's kind of true. Uh, I think marriage is about, uh, you know, I'm going to call it 40% love uh, and about 60% timing. And I think <laughs> nobody likes to hear that because uh, it's supposed to be all about love. I'm like, eh, there's a lot of people you could marry, right? And you could learn to love and you're going to grow in love. I mean, I think I, and the only reason I said this, I think my, my wife and I, I love my wife now compared to then. It was probably only about maybe even 30% how much I love her now. You know, so it can't all be about all the love that you're going to have for this person forever and ever, ever, right? Some of it's just, it's the time is right and you're in the right place. And for whatever reason, you're drawn to do this thing, right? And I think in a similar way, that's kind of what it sounds like you're describing is that it's like, you had probably heard this stuff before. You knew, you know, in your heart of hearts, all that grit scale thing really did was tell you the truth you already knew. You know, it, it was an external reinforcement of the fact that you knew you were, that you were not optimize you were not getting the best out of yourself you were not pushing as hard as you knew you could and you probably because you had a great life with a great dad you probably were a little bit of an aw shucks guy and you were like ah you know ah, it's just me i'm just brad ah, you know i'm not anything special i'm not anything great whatever blah, 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 blah. Right. Yep. spot on yeah. yeah a lot of it yeah. is timing so you you found the time. So I don't want to get too deep into the the horrifyingness. Although if you have a great war story, I'll take it. Um, you know, <laughs> like the worst things that happened while you were out there. But I am interested in what was the transformation. I am interested in that. Yeah, the transformation. So um, yeah, I won't I won't go into the into the stories unless unless you. All right, give me you know, one, one war story. Give me one war story. Well, there's so many. So this is a lesson in social media and how it can be dangerous for you. I got you ready for this one. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, we yeah. all know. We all know, right? Yeah. So sure. traditionally, I, I'm on social media now, just with the book that published and all that. But right. historically, I just had an account. I never really went on the Facebook and posted anything. Uh-huh. So I went out to California and posted a selfie of myself on the beach. It was the day before this event kicked off. Right. I'm relaxing. I'm just walking. Right. I post it. I don't think anything of it. Well, the next day, um, we're lining up, and we have to line up in formation, and we're submitting our um, application forms. And I could tell mm-hmm. out of my peripheral, someone's coming behind me, but we're not allowed to look behind us. And I'm like, all right. Eyes some, forward. And, right, eyes forward. And I'm like, all right, someone's definitely behind me. And he presents <laughs> me with this piece of paper, and, it, and it's, it's that post on Facebook. And he's like, did you submit this yesterday? And I'm, I'm like, yes, sir. He's like, extra sauce for you this weekend. Well, it turns out I submitted, I posted a picture of myself. And I didn't see the comments. I didn't look at them. Uh-huh. But the at the company I worked for, I think she was the VP of uh, like human resources or something. She, she had made the comment, oh, so-and-so, are you going to be out there for this too? Well, one of the SEALs and her went to prom their senior year in high school. So I was a marked man oh, no. before this even began. <laughs> I, I will never oh, forget. I actually goodness. have a chapter called Extra Sauce. That's fantastic. Oh, my gosh. I love that. That is too so good. Just be careful what you put on. Right. We all know that, right? Be careful what you put on, uh, on the interwebs. Yeah, it can cause you pain. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. And it did. Yeah, no doubt. So, uh, and I imagine it's a lot like, you know, you said it's a lot like buds. And so, you know, it's, it's just 
horrible punishment. Uh, having full having never been the buds, but seeing some of the stuff on Discovery and stuff, it's I right. would say it's a it's a taste of it. Um, buds is probably it's way comfortable. more harder, but it's it's yeah, it's definitely it's not easy. Let's put right. Well, you I mean to your point, it's the civilian version, right? So it's not uh, you know they're not going to go crazy on you, but yeah. But they uh, <clears throat> so you find yourself there. You you're, you're going through the horrible things. You're in the surf, I imagine, uh, and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and, and something, could you point to it when it happened over that, that 50 hours? Can you point to the moment or can you just sort of, after the fact, you sort of look back and go, something's different. It was act, it was after the fact. I think it was the culmination of the whole, you know, 50 plus hours being up without any sleep and all that. Especially because when you're in it, and that's one of the ways you, you get past something like that is you just, you can't think that far ahead, right? You got to concentrate on that next task, next task, next yeah. mule, yeah. Yeah. next evolution, yeah. whatever. But it was the culmination. And what really kicked it off was um, Commander Divine addressed us. So we had a class of 50. We graduated 25 or 27. So we lost almost half the class. Wow. wow. And, I, and I was one of the um, oldest at 35 at the time. Dude, I had gray hair. They called me Grandpa because I had slightly gray hair. Yeah, it was, it was hilarious. Hey, Grandpa, come it. over here. Yeah. Yeah, great. But he, he addressed the class and asked me a question that haunted me for a while. And he said, uh-huh. what's next? What's next? It was kind of that arri- arrival fallacy. You know, you spend all this time, you get this big goal, you crush it, and then – it's kind of depressing afterwards because you're like, well, I don't, I don't have that anymore. What am I gonna, what am I gonna do now? Well, that's, I mean, that's, uh, you know, in some of the work I do in, in, in my little world and, and in F three and stuff like that, we talk a lot about that because the what's next is the big problem, right? And we find, you know, uh, a good buddy of mine is named Scott Cornwell. His F three name is Santini. He he told me once this was, I don't even know, ten plus years ago. He's like, you're like the no, no, it might not have been that long ago. I guess it was only seven or eight years ago. Anyway, not not important. He says, uh, you know, you're like the dog that chased cars. Then you caught a car, and you're like, oh, I, I don't think I ever expected this to actually happen. Like, I, so now now I have no idea what to do. You know, so we we spend our our the first half of our lives chasing, man. You know, getting promotions, buying houses, raising kids. You know, getting cars, whatever. You know, accumulating crap. And then we stand on our mountain of crap, and you're like, "Well, this isn't the mountain I was supposed to climb. Now, what the hell? This view sucks. What? I'm up here. Right? This is what I expected. Yeah. I thought the rockier Rocky Mountains would be a little rockier than this. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's always a taller mountain, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, what's next? Exactly. So, I th- I thought it'd be more crucible. So I would would go to these other events, and they they'd push me in their own right. But man, there's nothing sure. measured up. Nothing measured up that weekend. I said, there's got to be something more. And I s- started doing a, a recapitulation exercise and just kind of going back through it. And I said, oh, of course, this is it. One of the biggest lessons I learned out there, service to others, service to others. That oh. event is not designed. You will not make it through that event on your own. It will not happen. You have yeah. to rely on your team. You have to be a good teammate. And that's when the light bulb went off. And I was like, ah. Oh. I'm not serving others. Like a lot of what I'm doing is about me. And yeah, I had a family. I'm I'm serve I'm serving sure. them, but right. there's more. Right. There's more. Yeah. There's 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 a whole world. Right. Well, in a similar way, like yeah, I would say guys, you know, myself included, I you know, I look around and I was like, I'm not a jerk. Like I'm a nice guy. I mean, I help people out. I mean, I do nice things. I'm a nice person. 
Isn't that that's not that doesn't cut it? Come on, right? Yeah. That's the, that's the standard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Again, you you've now officially run the nine minute mile in your boots and 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 pants, right? But that doesn't that's not going to get you there. That just gets you in. That just that's gets you in. Yeah. Well, now the real work begins. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So that so that's when um, I started listening to podcasts back then. Okay. I hadn't really listened to them. So this was back 2015, 16-ish. And, okay. and Mark Devine had his own podcast called the Unbeatable Mind Podcast. And he had on our friend um, Larry Hagner. Oh. He just had on. Yeah. And Larry was talking about being a dad <clears throat> and coming home and struggling with, like, taking your uniform off before you, you know, go in the house. Whether it's a real uniform or just whatever you wear to work. Right. And it right. spoke to me because I was spending a lot of time. I mean, I was, I was really successful. Uh, in my role, but I was gone. I was traveling. I was dealing with all that, you know, being away from the family. That's mm-hmm. something I really struggled with. And um, <clears throat> it helped me out. But it, again, it moved me. And I said, okay, what am I going to do about it? I contacted Larry. I contacted the person. Okay. Yes. Right. Again, taking action, <laughs> right. Going back to like, okay, if yeah. you find something that you, you think you're onto, do something about it. Don't just dismiss right. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I contacted him, and uh, we ended up having dinner in Indianapolis probably six months later. And he was, at that time, he had his own podcast, but he was talking to me about um, this membership site he wanted to do and uh-huh. and, and, uh, and and having a bunch of, bunch of guys in this tribe, and we were going to surround ourselves with like-minded people and do life together. And sounds pretty familiar, <laughs> I'm sure, right? I know. And huh. I, yeah, huh? Where, how, where have I heard that before? And I and I looked at him. I looked at him during dinner. Yeah, we should call it F three. Yeah, <laughs> we should call no, it go F3. ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. It's perfect because it's 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 so true, right? Um, and I looked at him at dinner and I, I said, I want to be your first head coach. And I and I became so I I, I was his first um, head coach for um, the Dad's Edge Alliance and did that for uh-huh. almost five years, man. Almost five years. Really? And that's how I began to serve people i'd have uh, my calls were on fridays at 10 o'clock eastern we called ourselves fight club and we did this over video (laughs) and we never talked about this we don't talk about it that's right even though i just did so that again side hustle total side hustle but beginning to 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 kind of dip into into purpose into into finding and discovering and saying wait a minute i like this i don't like this or whatever it is right because if you were fully fulfilled doing what Larry was doing, which was awesome and still is, then you would have stayed there. Right. So there, there was more. There was more. There was more. So that definitely gave me my start, let's say, with, with, with uh, coaching and, and, and serving, serving others. And I, I just felt like, okay, um, I kind of want to put my own brand on yeah. this, so to yeah. speak. And not that we all do a lot of different things. We all probably do no. similar things, but it's, you know, you put absolutely your own spin on it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the thing is, is, you know, to your point, like, and we talked about right before we hit record, right? Like, we're, we're kind of trying to serve a similar segment of guys in a similar way because we have this ultimate mission of making better communities, making better societies, you know, helping people, you know, whatever it is, right? That's kind of that, that big overarching mission. Ours happens to be, you know, kind of more in the, yes, it's a workout, but it's kind of in that leadership space, you know, you're, you know, the thing, and the only reason that that, that that's, you know, where I sit is because it's like, oh, 
I lacked so much leadership, you know, skill and ability. Like, my life was so terrible and pitiful, whatever. And the thing that I overcame was my midlife crisis. You know, like I navigated that reasonably well, had a you know fair amount of you know bloody noses in there too. But but it was the thing that was on me that made me want to reach out and do that. The thing that was on you was you looked and you went, oh my gosh, I'm soft. I'm going to overcome this, and now I'm going to give that back. I'm going to add grit. So yeah, we're our, you know maybe we're in the overarching mission business together, but. But your take and your pieces is kind of this. And the thing is, is that's going to speak to different guys than what we, you know, what I'm speaking to over here. Right. But yeah, I love it. You know, there he's talking about being a dad. You know, I mentioned being a dad, but that's not my, you know, that's not the entry point. That's not the shtick. That's not the thing that, you know, that I had. To, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, we're, and so at, at School of Grit, we're um, that, that's another that is one little difference. It's it's not just guys. Like this is oh, open to women. That's there you one, go. Because yeah, yeah, that's yeah. one of the biggest things I discovered in coaching men was we can't we can't forget about our wives. We can't forget sure. about our girlfriends. Right? They're they're along. Why can't why can't oh, we yeah. all tra- why can't we all train together? Why can't we all train together? Because so that's what we do a lot of times. Um, yeah, so that's <laughs> what we do a lot of. Um, yeah, especially on. So it's part of part of what we do is uh, what you guys do on on Saturday, right? The workouts. Sure. So I, I lead a workout over Zoom from my garage, but I, I invite anyone who wants to come. Bring your kids, uh-huh. bring your wives, bring your neighbors. Like, let's just throw down together. You know, <laughs> I love it's awesome. it. Yeah, it's awesome. I love and I, I love doing it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So, so you 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 go through this experience. You've you've come back now. You've started working with Larry and and doing some of that kind of stuff. So you know that coaching is a thing that you like to do and that you that you have some competency in and and you can see how you want to start serving and giving back. So tell me how then you you sort of conceptualized School of Grit, and I let's and let's talk for a minute about the book. I mean that's a gritty uh, endeavor in and of itself, is it not? I mean, it takes some some grit to finish that thing. People ask me, uh, so what was it like writing a book? I don't know if it was harder going through Kokoro Camp or writing about it, man. <laughs> being, on, being honest, it was it was rough for right? me, bro. It was rough. Oh, I hear you. Some people are like, can just knock that stuff out. It took me five years, man. Five years wow. from idea, you know, thought right. to writing right. something down on a scribbling out an outline to to here we are today, and I'm on your podcast. Literally right. five years. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. the book just published two weeks ago. Literally. Just published. I know. It's so cool. I'm, I'm, I got so excited because I was like, holy crap. He did do it. Like he said he was going to do it, but he did do it. <laughs> yeah. Because, well, I've been threatening to write one for forever. But, what you know, you know how much I have? Yeah, I got some random blog posts and some strange ideas scribbled in a notebook and whatever. But it hasn't, you know, it's not formulated into anything yet. Right. But, um, but oh, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I was going to say, I mean, that's how I, that's how I, I was in the same boat, Frank, until yeah. I figured out my why for that. And I'm, I'm a believer yeah. you need it, like probably a bucket full of whys throughout life. There's probably not just going to be one you go to every, there's, it's going to change. It's going to evolve. I hope everyone heard that bucket full of whys. That's, that's, that's going on a t-shirt somewhere. There we do. Bucket full of whys. Yeah. <laughs> but my, my why for the book was, was my wife and kids. It really was. What and that can mean? apply to a lot. I wanted them to know. It was part of a legacy exercise someone had me do. Really? And they're like, you know, what kind of legacy do you want to leave? And I'm like, dang, yeah, that's, tell a, me deep, about that's that. a deep question. When you start thinking about, oh, what, what do I want to be remembered for? And what would people say about me at my eulogy? And, you know, that's, that's some dark stuff. But I actually encourage you to do it if you haven't done it already because that, that's going to start opening up possibly a whole new world. So 
that experience I had changed my life, man. Changed my life. There's not a day that goes by I don't use some of the tools and the lessons that I learned out there. And I mm-hmm. thought, man, I can't just hold on to this. I want my kids to know this. Like, who better to teach than your kids and your, and your, and your spouse? Yeah. So um, what started off as an outline, I would, they would always ask me stories, and I loved, I loved giving them the stories and the lesson behind it. And then they're like, you know, you should turn this into a manuscript. And then I started talking to friends and other coworkers. They're like, this, this is a book. Like, you, sh- you should do this. And I thought, really? I was like, me write a book i'm not scholarly i don't use big words and they're like no 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 that's what we dig about you man be, be you be right. you you know write how yeah. you talk and i was like I, I can do that i could do that so that's what started it but at the heart yeah. of it it was never to sell bo- a bunch of books um it was never to be really a lead magnet for anything although it is now obviously sure. it was i was sure. it was always about my wife and kids and that's yeah. what kept mm-hmm. me going because it was a love-hate relationship, man. Like a lot of oh, goals sure. or a lot of things we set out to do, we go out guns blazing, right? Like, yep, I'm running that marathon, man, in four months. Go time. I got my new shoes. I got my new gear. It's awesome. Then a couple months go by, and maybe your seasons start changing, and it gets cold. It gets rainy. It's like, eh, I don't think I'm going to go out and train today. I'm just not going to do it. It's the same thing for me writing. Right. It's oh, the yeah, same yeah. thing, except I'd go through weeks and months without doing anything. And oh, I wow. thought, you know what? This just isn't – this is what my book's about is is growth. <laughs> like, I got to complete it. <laughs> like, I'm choking on irony. Help. <laughs> exactly. So that's what that's what propelled me was going back to the why and yeah. why I originally set out to do it. Yep. That's um, that's awesome. And and the book, sure, like you said, is it, it explains your story and, and all that kind of stuff. But it is not like the curriculum of School of Grit. So why don't you why don't you tell me what is School of Grit, and and why should a guy be interested? Yeah. So uh, outside of the outside of the book, of course, which which details my experience at Kokoro Camp and the lessons learned, and more importantly, how to apply those lessons to life, because I think that's where the big disconnect is. Mm-hmm. School of Grit, uh, the tribe that we have, it's it's just an awesome tribe of of men and soon to be women. Um. We just do life together, man. It's it's for people who despise mediocrity, and they mm. want to go from you know success to significance. That's what we're looking to do. We're looking to man. Looking- t-shirt number two just dropped on you, friends. That I don't know if you were paying attention there, but that right success to significance. Next success to significance. That's right, and we do it through. Um, it's pretty prescribed. So I am an unbeatable mind uh, coach. So a lot of what I pull from is from uh, Mark Devine and his teachings. And I just love the way he breaks down an individual into what he calls the five mountains. So it starts with physical because that's the usually the easiest thing to train your physical appearance. You sure. can see immediate results. But we all have known those meatheads that are total emotional uh, right. idiots yeah, they got and all that, there. right? Like, it, it, you got to train the whole body. So it's mental. Right. Mental is the next place we go. Then we go into the emotional mountain, which is oftentimes Mount Everest. A lot of people don't like to go there. They don't like to go examine the past. get stuck there. You can get stuck there. And then we, that yeah. cultivates. When you get those three going, your, your physical, mental, emotional, that cultivates your intuition. That gut will start okay. leading you to that path. Because as I like to tell a lot of people, man, the answers are probably inside you. You just need to cut yeah. through all the crap and all the minutia and just yeah. get to the heart of the problem. And then the fifth mountain that we go to is called the Kokoro Mountain. 
which Kokoro, I should probably explain, it's a Japanese term that means uh, the merging of heart and mind into action. And that's where you, you're okay. starting to discover what it is you're here to do, your purpose. And we go and we, nothing's going to stop you, right? doesn't matter. You're not going to, yeah. you're not going to give up on that because that is you, but it can take a while to get there. But that's why, that's what we do together at School of Grit wow. and then work out on top of it as well. So, well, it's part of that physical mountain, right? That's, part that's of that, the yeah. foundation, man. The physical mountain is, is, uh, it's, it's foundational. Yeah. Well, and that's the, you know, we, it's funny cause you, you know, as you outline those things, we obviously, we believe very similar things, you know, the three F's fitness fellowship and faith and, you know, fitness being a right relationship with yourself Right. So and that means your physical body, you know, the, the training of your body, what you eat and what you don't eat, uh, you know, what you watch and what you don't watch. Right. You know, as well as, uh, you know, the those particular temptations of the flesh that are always there, that are always on your shoulder telling you whatever thing it might be. You know, if you're you know, if you struggle with alcohol, then that guy's always sitting there going, you know, drink. Right. If you struggle with self-esteem or whatever thing you might struggle with. Right. It's always it's always sitting there. And then. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. And then the second F being fellowship, uh, you know, we say that's kind of the, the proper alignment of your your relationships, you know, the people around you, you know, so it starts with your wife and kids, you know, that those your tribe, those men that you're going to go through life with uh, or women, as the case may be. Um, and uh, and then you've got to have some kind of mentoring relationship, you know, where you're giving back. Right. And then, you know, we, we kind of on the outside of that was where we drop work. Because that's just a sustaining relationship. That's just, uh, that's how you keep yourself alive. That's why it's so important, I think, for guys to recognize and go, don't get so caught up that, you know, you're, you're a financial analyst at some giant financial institution, you know, and all you do is sit in spreadsheets and, and make rules about, you know, like, don't, don't get caught up that that's where you're supposed to find purpose and meaning. Because it ain't, it, it ain't going to happen there. It, it's not. It's such a dichotomy, too, for those who might be out there just you know, almost working themselves. You can work yourself to death. I've, I've sure. seen it happen. And then, especially if you have little kids, someone told me a um, long time ago, they're not, they, they said, do you know how kids spell love? Do you know how kids spell love? Mm. They spell it T-I-M-E. It's spending time with them. Yeah. They're not going to care what you're driving or what kind of house you live. Like that, who cares? They care if you're right. around. And they're going to remember that. Yeah. They're definitely going to remember that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so school of grit is designed to get you guys or get people together and to dive into some of these mountains and to start overcoming some of those demons and, uh, and to be able to share and to, and to move forward and, and to become more durable. I don't, if you're familiar, are you familiar with, uh, Michael Easter and the, and the comfort crisis? Have you heard of that book? I have heard of it. I have not read yeah. it, but I've heard of it. Uh, it, I would, I would, Highly commend it. Uh, Michael was on uh, a few weeks ago on on this podcast, and and uh, he'd be a good guy for you to talk to too. Like he wrote a whole book, and he basically said, you know, we we kind of go from you know one seventy two degree controlled environment to the next, and you know, there's nothing in our life. So to your point, he's kind of saying everybody's a two point two. We've become two point twos. You know, that is our that's it. That's all we got. You know, in our society, we're and we're training people to try and you know reduce it even more and be like, oh no, 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 you shouldn't be struggling for anything. You know, uh, deliver my food, DoorDash. You know, bring me my groceries, Walmart. Like I don't even, I don't have to do anything. I don't even have to walk up and down aisles anymore. 
Exactly. Like I, I see people out on their golf carts and their scooters, and I'm like, you could walk. <laughs> In fact, walk with a pack. <laughs> walk right? with a rock. Yeah. I mean, and, hey, and, there's a time uh, and a place, but like, come on. Sure. Gonna... No, but uh, absolutely. But you know what? I mean, that the you make a good point, and it and it's the truth, right? And 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 part of it is that I'm, I'm, you know, we don't do a video portion of this, right? So so the the packs listening won't see, but you know. Uh, Brad's been on a walking uh, desk treadmill the whole time we've been talking. In fact, every time I've ever had a conversation with Brad, he's been on a walking treadmill, you know, because uh, desk treadmill, because that's that's how he rolls, bro. You know, like, we're made to move it, unless there's a medical right? reason why you can't. You, you, you got to you got to move. Do it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, think about all the times we're sedentary and sitting down for maybe our oh, jobs and, and, and sure. all that. But yeah. Yeah. Point being that, you know, at every turn. He's living what he's what he's talking about, and that is he's seeking ways to become more durable uh, and to and to get more emotionally and physically strength. You're nailing it right there, and I think that's what um, my clients would say uh, about me. And then I have a, a head coach, Javier Mesa, as well. We do this together, yeah. but we eat our own dog food. We work out with you. Yeah. We train yeah. with you. There's nothing I'm going to prescribe that I haven't done myself or am doing. Yeah, this isn't just some sort of intellectual exercise. And that's what we love about uh, what we do as well. Is you know one of our, our core principles is that the the workouts that we lead are peer led. There's no professionals. There's no yeah you know and it rotates right. If you come out long enough, eventually it'll be your turn. You'll be you'll be doing it. You know, and there's no training. There's no certification. And I love that because it provides leadership opportunity. And, yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. And again, it's that's you know the bent that we have of that you know toward leadership, right? And so we, we create an environment where that's fostered and, and uh, available. Because if if you think about it, is there any safer place to really screw it up? You know, really have a, an abject leadership failure than leading a little PT amongst your buddies, right? Like, eh, we're gonna make fun of you relentlessly, sure, but that's that we do that anyway. Even if it went well, we were gonna make fun of you, so you can't get upset about that. Right. Frank, you failed. So, you had me do too many push-ups. Right. Right. Yeah, or I, I couldn't count the cadence correctly, or I could, you know, like, or just wasn't organized, well, whatever, right? But if you fail there, big deal, you know, and, and then you can learn and, and become more uh, stronger, more durable. Again, that's why we do all the workouts outside, too, right? I mean, no matter what, rain or shine, heat or cold, because that's because we, we seem to be, uh, we seem to be attached to this idea uh, in our society that everybody should always be happy, no one should ever be sad. No one should ever have to try very hard. No one should ever have their feelings hurt for any reason about anything ever. And uh, yeah, I think we're we're on a race down from two point two to as low as we can possibly get. And I love that you're standing up and saying, "Bro, I'm not saying you can get to be a five, but I'm sure as heck saying you can get to be a four plus." Absolutely, you know? it takes There's no. It, reason. it doesn't take much. You just got to do the little things every day. Try yeah. to do something that sucks every day, whatever that is. <laughs> Whatever that is right. for you. Yeah. Just do it. Absolutely. If, if you hate getting up early, fine. Great. Perfect. You don't have to suddenly jump up out of the bed at 355. You know, that's, that's, that's the time I, I get up now. Do you think I always did that? Not a chance. Baby steps. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, it started with, okay, how about uh, I'll get up at 725, you know, instead of 730. And I'll do that consistently. And then eventually, you know, let's back that up 715. Bro, we can go all be. day long on morning routines. I mean, right? I mean, it's so stupid, and it's funny now because, and I'm, I'm, I know for a fact you're exactly the same—not exactly the same routine, but exactly the same in the sense that it's like, if I don't do these, you know, seventy-four idiot things that I've programmed myself, to do, you know, my day does not go as well. But if I do them, man, 
I mean, I am uh, not unstoppable, but boy, I tell you what, it sure gives me a leg up, man. We're after it. Without fail, without fail, if I don't get my morning routine done, and you don't, mm-hmm. and just because it's morning doesn't mean you can't do it later in the day, but that's another topic. If I don't get that done, I feel like I'm playing defense the rest of the day, like no matter what, yeah. no matter what. Yeah. No, I, I can get to work, you know, to the office, no problem at, you know, 730 if I get up. But if I got up and only got up to shower to get to the office, I'm going to be late every time. I don't know why that is. You know, like I do twice as much, you know, <laughs> ten, 10 times the amount of stuff in that morning routine. But I'm but reminded of um, Admiral uh, William McRaven. Have you ever seen his Make oh, Your yeah, Bed? Make Your, make your Bed. Your bed. Yeah, 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 love it. Love it. So true. Yeah. So true. Yeah. yeah, absolutely true. So, uh, Brad, a guy says to himself, I don't really know where I land on this grit scale. So he's going to go out to Duckworth's site. He'll take the grit test. He'll find out he's a 2.2. Or maybe then, he's better than me or she. Yeah, sure, yes. whatever. But then immediately he's going to go to where? Schoolofgrit.com? Schoolofgrit.org. .org. .com was already taken, and I wasn't going to pay for it. So Jerks. it's .org. And there's probably nothing there too, right? Like some, some, somebody's just sitting on that. Exactly. There's, there's yeah. nothing that I've found. But yeah, schoolofgrit.org. Yeah. Yeah. Schoolofgrit.org. And he's going to say, okay, I'm, first of all, I'm going to order the book. I imagine I can get that on Amazon as well, yeah. Hundred percent. Amazon, yep. Barnes and Noble. Dude, I'm in Walmart. Oh, nice. All the all the all the major wherever finer books are sold. That's right. Um and uh, and so we're gonna say, Okay, hey, look, this is the deal. Uh I'm gonna grab myself the book, I'm gonna read the book, and then I'm gonna come over and I'm gonna sign up and say, All right, Brad, teach me. Show me. Right? right. Absolutely. We'll hop on a call because that's the other thing. I don't just let anybody in. There's specific characteristics uh. I look for. It's like a selection process. Okay. Sure. Not everybody's sure. going to get in because I'm very, very particular on the type of people that we let into the tribe. And, uh, well, and yeah, if you which make makes it, sense, if you make the, the interview process, which, um, you know, it's nothing. I'm not going to make you do, do uh, playing <laughs> while I beat you down with questions or anything. Yeah. You know? But you will you'll get, you'll get a feel for it. by the end of this interview. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <will not> be... <laughs> <laughs> but you'll get a feel for it. Right. Because it's. It's give and take. You gotta, sure. you gotta like my oh, yeah. style, and you right. know, there's certain things. Is this for. a fit? I'm say, yeah, I'm not gonna tell you what you've those got, are. You've got to have the hashtag grit fit. If you're not a grit fit, then then you're not gonna make it. But yeah. then once you're in, you're in, and then we yeah we meet up uh, weekly yeah. on Zoom. I love and, it, and yeah, it's awesome. I love it. Well, again, I, I you know I hope guys listen to this and understand that you know part of the reason we bring on guys like Brad is because. There are so many ways to kind of skin the cat, if you will, of what we're trying to get done out there in the world. But I think that we all, uh, all of us who are trying to do this kind of stuff, you know, we had Ryan Mickler on, we have, you know, we've had Larry on, you know, and, and different people on to, to talk about this concept and talk about leadership and talk about, you know, durability and, and many of the principles that we teach, you know, all day, every day, right? And the reason that we're doing it, guys, is because I need you to know, and we need you to know, and, and that we're not alone. Number one, you know, it's not just F3 versus the world. Right. (laughs) Right. But, uh, but also that, man, there are any number of places where, um, we can find, uh, the thing that fits for us, you know, cause we have a number of guys who look and go, you know, I don't know. You know, I, I went through a Q source group and I like it and it makes sense, but I'm not really sure that that's exactly, you know, kind of where I'm at, you know, but you know, this might be a place, right. And no question about the fact that we all love, most of the guys I know anyway, love to listen to audio books or read books about this kind of stuff. And so I would commend to you School of Grit. 
uh, because I think Brad Ritter is a, a guy of integrity and, uh, and, and purpose, and that, that means a lot to an F3 man. Now, the last question, of course, Brad, is where do you live again? Greenwood, Indiana. And the nearest AO to you is? 30 minutes north, roughly. I've already checked right. on the map. And that's and what's the nearest thing? Indianapolis? Is that near Indianapolis? Indianapolis would be the nearest. I literally was in Indianapolis this past weekend, and I apologize if I had thought about it. I would have made you come uh, and invited you at a three-hour. Uh, they celebrated their five-year uh, anniversary. So uh, I will say, yeah, it was great. So the guys uh, in Indianapolis, uh, as you hear this, uh, somebody tweet me or, or uh, DM me in Slack um, because I'm going to give you Brad's uh, contact information, and then you're going to run down there, and you're going to uh, work out with Brad and uh, make him an F3 man. And we have some wonderful, wonderful idiot nicknames I'm sure that we would love uh, to give you. I <laughs> love nicknames. And, and, you know, it's funny enough, I do something similar, too. You really? And, and yeah, of course, yeah. you can't you can't pick your own nickname. I mean, that's, no. that, that's not allowed. In fact, if you do, it's going to get worse for you. It's going to get worse. So, yeah, yeah I, I, say, I say bring it. And, uh, and cannot yeah. wait to meet the F3 local Indianapolis tribe. Oh, I love it, man. Hey, Brad Ritter, schoolofgrit.org. Thank you so much uh, for being with me today. I uh, really appreciated it and love what you're doing. And, um, man, if, if, uh, if we can just continue to, to push forward, make society better, make men better, uh, then I think we're going to get there. And I, and I believe in it. So appreciate you, uh, your time. Thanks, Frank. Do hard things, brother. Thank you for your time. Amen. All right. Thanks for listening to the 43 Feet Podcast. If you like what you heard on the show, or if it's helped you in some way, we'd ask you to rate us, write a review, and share us with your friends and networks. It really does help others to find us. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, write us at questions at 43feetpodcast.com or tweet us at 43feetpodcast. The climb we're on to create virtuous leaders isn't going to be easy, but we'll get there, 43 feet at a time.